listening to 45 to 33 Inside the Music. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Anthony, and this podcast is dedicated to music trivia, my thoughts on various songs, bands, and other musical insights. To the best of my knowledge, and I have done some research, I believe that the information I share with you is correct. Some of the material are part of my memories I've stored up for more than 40 years. Additional sources of information was found in books, liner notes, jacket covers, news stories, and interviews, and various internet websites, not to mention the band's own websites. Now, before we get into the show, here are just a few musical trivia questions for you. Now, get pen and paper together and see how much you actually know about music. Here are the rules. Listen carefully to the questions before you answer. There is no cheating, no using Google, and no asking a friend or family member for help. These questions are geared to get your memories of music flowing and to test your own knowledge on trivial bits of information on this very subject. Now, don't worry, I'll give you the answers at the end of the show. Now, let's start and have some fun with these three musical questions. Question number one. Which 80s band had a hit with Too Shy? Question number two. Power of Love was a hit for the band Huey Lewis and the blank. Fill in the blank. Question number three. What is the name of the lead singer for the band Blondie? Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia, says this about one-hit wonders. A one-hit wonder is any entity that achieves mainstream popularity, often for only one piece of work, and becomes known among the general public solely for that momentary success. Now, I like my interpretation better. I look at one-hit wonders as a group or singer that will always be remembered by that one defining song that puts them on the charts and lives on well past its shelf life. This is part two of the One Hit Wonders. Many of the bands and singers I mention in this podcast may have had one hit song, but that doesn't mean that they didn't continue to produce other songs that did not chart. Or if it did, it could never achieve the same level of success as the song they were best known for. A number of them simply broke up in time. Macarena by Los Del Rio in 1995. Many still cringe when they hear the song's name, the Macarena. It is not so much about this catchy dance song as it is about dance steps that came with it. Try to think of it as a more modern version of the chicken dance, that song that had dance moves that everybody seemed to follow, both bride and groom and a lot of family members forming a conga line and flapping their arms like chickens. This was in part the same as the Macarena. The Spanish duo Las Rio had two versions of the song. The original 1993, a much slower version, did not even make it onto the charts, but with a remix some years later in 1995, it found its way onto Billboard Hot 100 chart and would reach number one. In 2012, it was ranked number seven on Billboard's all-time top 100 hits and on Billboard's all-time Latin song list. They tried to recreate the hit sound with their follow-up, Macarena Christmas, in 1996, which reached number 57 on the charts. Talk about flogging a dead horse. I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts in 1995. The Rembrandts are American rock duo Danny Wilde and Phil Solom. Back in 1990, the Rembrandts released their self-titled album. 
they would release a single called Just The Way You Are Baby and it was to be their first single and their first top 20 charted song reaching number 14 on Billboard Hot 100. In 1995 I'll Be There For You was made famous as the theme song for the TV sitcom Friends. The song was written by David Crane, Marta Kaufman, Michael Skoloff and Ali Willis. The song was written for the show and was performed by the Rembrandts. Originally, the show's producers wanted to use R.E.M.'s single, Shiny Happy People, for their theme song. Unfortunately, the band turned them down. In the end, they got the Rembrandts to record the theme song for Friends. The sitcom was such a success that it ran for 10 seasons, and for 10 seasons the song played and etched its way into the public's heads. The original theme song was just under one minute long, with the exposure on the show, their record company insisted they record a longer version of the song. So a longer three-minute recording was created. With this radio-friendly song, they would now be able to release a single to sell to what seemed like an ever-growing fan base. I'll Be There For You was a hit, spending 11 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 airplay charts. However, after their brush with success, their names have yet to appear on any top 10 list so far. In the end, they would always be known in pop culture for that one friend's song, I'll Be There For You. By 1997, the duo went their separate ways, but in 2000, they reunited. In 2019, they wrote their last album. One Head Light by The Wallflowers in 1996. In 1996, The Wallflowers released their album, Bringing Down the Horses. This album spawned two hit songs. 6th Avenue Heartache and One Headlight. The band is fronted by lead singer Jacob Dylan, the son of legendary singer-songwriter Bob Dylan. One Headlight gave the Wallflowers their first radio hit. If I had heard One Headlight as a demo with only its slightly muted keyboard and the semi-gravel voice of Dylan, I would be hard-pressed to see this as a hit. But with the other instruments and backing vocals, it does pull itself together to make a promising song. While Dylan lacks the strength of his father's voice, he has found his own voice. On 6th Avenue Heartache, we can hear a slight country twang courtesy of slide guitar work and keyboard. Now, the resulting sound is enticing as a warm bed. Album sales were so low until the release of 6th Avenue Heartache and its accompanying video. This song would be highly acclaimed as one of their best works. In January 97, the Wallflowers were nominated for two Grammy Awards, both for the 6th Avenue Heartache. However, they didn't win. The following year, the band won two Grammys, one for the Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals and Best Rock Song. On their following album, Breach, in 2000, they released a single called Sleepwalker. Believe it or not, this was their only single to chart the Billboard Hot 100. It would only reach number 73. Yes, you heard right. Due to the ever-changing rules of Billboard, the previous two singles were never included on their chart. In spite of this, the band still includes One Head Light and Sixth Avenue Heartache in their music sets. Bitch by Meredith Brooks in 1997 Meredith Brooks released her single Bitch from her second solo album, Blurring the Edges. Now, Bitch is also known by its radio-friendly name, Nothing in Between. It was nominated for two Grammys in 97, which turned out to be a great year for one-hit wonders, such as Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole, I Love You Forever, Don Lewis, Barbie Girl by Aqua, Ain't That Enough by Teenage Fan Club, and Natalie Imbruglia, Torn. 
Her song would reach number two on Billboard charts. Brooke never achieved this level of success with any other song. None of her following singles cracked the top ten, though she did have one other song, What Would Happen, reach number 46. However, B or Bitch still lives on. It was even featured in the season one episode of the sci-fi hit show, Orphan Black. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba1997 Chumbawamba was a group that came out of England. The band formed in 1982, and ten years later the group would disband. I have no idea where the band got its name from, or what the name even means. The name of the song is, however, Tub Thumping, but most of us know it by its refrain, I Get Knocked Down. In the US, Tub Thumping peaked at number six on Billboard Hot 100. In the UK, it spent nine weeks at number one on the charts. It's hard to believe they released a total of 15 albums and only scoring a handful of charted songs in the UK. This English rock band had only this one song to chart in North America. These days, the song can still be heard as a cheer at many sporting events. Oombop by Hanson in 1997. Mbop is just one of those songs that can easily get stuck in your head. The song was the first single from their debut studio album, Middle of Nowhere. Hanson is an American band made up of brothers Isaac, Taylor, and Zach Hanson. The brothers are credited with writing all the songs on their album. Mbop reached number one in several countries including Canada, Germany, the United Kingdoms, and the United States. They had one other single reach the top 10, Where Is The Love, also in 1997, but haven't had a single hit since. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia in 1997. The song Torn has had an interesting history. In 1993, it was written by Scott Cutler, Ann Previn, and Phil Tornalli. It was originally recorded and released by Danish singer Liz Sorensen, and renamed for the Danish word when translated to English means burnt. In 1995, the original songwriters Cutler and Previn recorded it with their American rock band Edmaswap. By 1996, it was yet again recorded by an American Norwegian singer Trin Rein. Finally, the song would reach the era of Imbruglia, and she recorded it in 1997. The Australian pop stars version became the best known of all the others. Natalie's Torn received critical acclaim and was even chosen as the best pop song by Q Magazine. It was also the most played song on the UK radio in 1998. Torn appears on the album Left of the Middle, which was certified platinum in the US solely on the success of Torn. However, Umbrella's next album peaked at number 35, and her three follow-ups have failed to chart two. Her only single to reach the Hot 100 was in 2002, Wrong Impression, which only reached number 64. Safe Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry in 1997. Eagle Eye Cherry is, in fact, his real name. Safe Tonight was the Norwegian musician's big break in the US. Cherry is the brother of the Swedish-British singer-songwriter-rapper Nina Cherry. Nina had her own worldwide hit single, Buffalo Stance, in 1989. His song peaked at number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100. With this hit under his belt, Eagle Eye Cherry began making the rounds of all the American night TV shows to promote his music. After having a hit with Save the Night, Cherry could never replicate another one. He continues to write songs, but even with five albums to his credit, he never made it to the top 100 charts in the US again. 
Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb in 1997. Bittersweet Symphony can potentially be credited as both a success or for the demise of The Verb. The song Bittersweet Symphony is widely loved, especially in the UK. BBC Radio 1 listeners even voted it the third best track ever. Bittersweet Symphony peaked the charts at number 12 on Billboard. The song was even nominated for two Grammy Awards, Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals and Best Rock Song. However, the song also spawned a bitter lawsuit. The group claimed they had obtained the rights to sample the Rolling Stones song, Last Time, from Decca Records, the copyright holders. The Stones claimed that the verb had used more of their song than had originally been agreed upon with Decca. By the time the dust settled, it ended with the verb giving up all royalties from their song to the Rolling Stones. As part of the ruling, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were added to the songwriting credits. But even with a smash hit behind them, the Verb could never produce another hit song. It was to be their one and only song to ever reach the top 10 charts. Closing Time by Semisonic, 1998. The song Closing Time was heavily featured in the 1998 movie Friends with Benefits. There was this running joke throughout the entire movie about whether or not the song was sung by the actual band Semisonic or Third Eye Blind. In the end of the film, the Justin Timberlake's character finally admits that he was wrong. Closing Time was in fact sung by Semisonic, not Third Eye Blind. The single reached number one on the US Billboard Modern Rock charts and the top 50 in Ireland, Australia, New Zealand and the UK. It was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Rock Song in 1999. Closing Time has been used at several bars as the last call anthem. It still remains Semisonic's only hit. Steal My Sunshine by Len Steal My Sunshine is the perfect summer anthem. Rolling Stones ranked it number 33 on its list of best summer songs of all time. Len is a Canadian alternative rock duo based in Toronto, Ontario. The band consists of siblings Mark and his sister Sharon Costanzo. Steal My Sunshine uses the sampled music from the 1976 disco hit more, More, More by Andrew at True Connection. The song became Len's most successful song, reaching the top 10 on the US Billboard Hot 100 in September of 99. It reached the top 40 on adult top 40 modern rock tracks and top 40 mainstream charts. Steal My Sunshine was nominated for Best Single at the 2000 Canadian Juno Awards, but it lost to the tragically hip song Bob Cajun. The song has been used in plenty of TV shows over the years, including Roswell, New Mexico, Love Island, Private Practice, and more. The band continued to make albums until their breakup in 2005, and then they walked into the bright sunshine with only one hit. Mumbo No. 5 by Lou Bega in 1999 This song was originally recorded in 1949 by Cuban musician Damasco Prado, but it didn't enter mainstream until Lou Bega's cover version in 1999. Even though it's been ranked as one of the most annoying songs by Metal Floss magazine, I'd like to disagree with that. Try listening to it without smiling and dancing in your seat. It's impossible. The song reached number one in at least nine countries and reached number three on the US Billboard Hot 100. It became so popular that Disney created its own version replacing the women's names with Disney characters. 
Big. I had one other song on the Hot 100, Tricky Tricky, in 1999, which hit number 74, but hasn't had another mainstream hit since. She's So High by Tal Bachman in 1999. I think most people can relate to being interested in someone they think is way out of their league, which is probably why the song She's So High is still remembered so fondly today. It peaked at number one on the adult top 10 and at number 14 on Billboard Hot 100. As the son of legendary guitarist Randy Bachman of the Guess Who, many expected that he would be hugely successful following in his father's footsteps. Can you imagine the pressure he was under? This must be similar to children of other well-known musical parents. Julian Lennon, for one, having so much expectations placed on him by the public as the son of Beatles' John Lennon. In Tal's case, the pressure was not as great. However, he still did not live up to those expectations. The song has lived on in many soundtracks like Loser and She's Out of Your League, but Tal Bachman faded from the spotlight. His last single, Aeroplane, was released in 2004 and failed to make the chart. Bachman did perform his hit song with Taylor Swift in 2011, ensuring that a new generation would enjoy She's So High. I Believe in a Thing Called Love by Darkness in 2003. I Believe in a Thing Called Love was supposed to help the British band The Darkness break into the US market and was believed to usher in the return of glam rock, but neither happened. I Believe in a Thing Called Love was very successful in the UK and mildly successful in the US, where it reached number 9 on the Billboard alternative charts, but it has endured into the 2000s. The song has been heavily covered by different artists and used in many different forms of media, ranging from commercials starring Taylor Swift to appearing in the Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason soundtrack. Stacy's Mom by The Fountains of Wayne in 2003 in the summer of 2003, Stacy's mom could be heard at every poolside party, but the Grammy-nominated song is Dwayne Fountain's only song to ever chart, and even Stacy's mom didn't do that well commercially. It peaked at number 21, though it was one of the first songs to ever reach number one on iTunes. In a true test of one-hit wonder status, many people don't even realize the Fountains of Wayne is behind this song about hot moms. It's commonly mistaken for the band Bowling for Soup. More recently, the Fountains of Wayne was in the media again for sad reasons as one of their members, Adam Schlesinger, died due last year to COVID. Stacy's mom was actually nominated for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. Though it ultimately lost, however, with a music video that featured Rachel Hunter as Stacy's mom, it still counts as a win. Bad Day by Daniel Powder in 2005. Powder is a musician, singer, songwriter from Canada. Bad Day was around for a good chunk of 2000s. It was used as the farewell song on the fifth season of American Idol. It was also certified triple platinum by the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. The single was first released in Europe. In Europe, it was used by Coca-Cola as the theme song for one of their commercials. Since it was first released there, of course it was the hit there first. In most of Europe, it would hit the charts at number one or number two. In the United States, it reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Adult Top 40 and the Adult Contemporary Charts. 
This made Daniel Powder the first solo Canadian male artist to top the Hot 100 since Brian Adams in 1995 with his song Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? In Canada, the song also reached number one. For some reason, people just identify with the universal thought of not in fact having a good day. I guess in some strange way it made us feel just a little bit better. Powder hasn't come anywhere near to the top 10 list with any of his other songs appearing on the Billboard Hot 100. Somebody That I Used To Know by Gaultier in 2011. Somebody That I Used To Know was a smash hit in every sense of the word and stayed on the top of the charts for at least eight weeks. In 2013, Gaultier won three Grammy Awards for Best Alternative Album, Making Mirrors, Best Pop Duo Group Performance for Somebody That I Used To Know, and Record of the Year, Somebody That I Used To Know. Gaultier has released two other albums besides Making Mirrors. He is still making music, but in terms of album sales, they haven't come close to the Billboard charts. He has gone on to do other projects with other bands and other artists. It Never Rains in Southern California by Albert Hammond in 1972. Albert Hammond might have had a smash hit about the rain in California, but it was hardly pouring hits for him as a performer in the 1970s. The song peaked at number 5 on the Hot 100 chart, and though he never managed to repeat the success of It Never Rains in Southern California as a singer, all was not lost for Hammond. In the 1970s and 80s and 90s, he found massive success as a songwriter. While none of his own singles were successful, he did write songs for others that made them into hits. He would co-write Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time, Starship's Nothing Gonna Stop Us Now, The Air That I Breathe for the Hollies, and To All the Girls I've Loved Before, a duet with Julio Iglesias and Willie Nelson. Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul in 1972. Of course, none of us condone marital infidelity, but it's hard not to get caught up in the passion he evokes in the story of Mrs. Jones when Billy Paul croons about her. The 1972 track spent three weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1972, but me and Mrs. Jones was as good as it got for Mr. Paul. He never managed to have another song hit the top 10. Now, none of this is to say that Mr. Paul did not release other albums or singles. In 1977, he would release a funky soul cover of Paul McCartney's Let Him In. It didn't even chart on Billboard. However, the soul singer had a long and successful career spanning more than five decades. So here are the answers to the questions I asked earlier in the show. Question number one. Which 80s band had a hit song with Too Shy? Answer. Catch a Goo Goo. Question number two. The Power of Love was a hit for the band Huey Lewis and the blank. Fill in the blank. The answer? The news. Question number three. What is the name of the lead singer for the band Blondie? Answer? Deborah Harry. So that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and perhaps even learned something. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and share it with your family members and friends. So join me again next month as I look at more music on 33 to 45 Inside the Music. The theme music for this show is provided by my good friend, one of the hardest working men in music I know, David O'Hearn. David has written a great number of original songs and movie themes. If you would like to hear more of David's music, please check him out on his website, www.played.ca. That's 
P-L-A-Y-D.ca. Or, if you want to hear more, check him out on SoundCloud. Remember this, when there is nothing else, there is always music. <laughs>